Welcome to the Celebration Church podcast and thanks so much for tuning in. Celebration Church is one church in 10 locations across Southeast Louisiana. We are all about changing lives, homes, our city, and the world through Jesus Christ. We hope that you're both encouraged and challenged by today's message. Thanks so much for joining us for this first weekend, first week of 2022. Here's Celebration Church. We're expecting God to do mighty and miraculous things in and through our church ministry, and we want you to be a part of it as much as you can, no matter where you live around the world. Uh, we believe that God can use this ministry to encourage you, to equip you, and to empower you to be stronger and healthier than you've ever been in your life in every area of your life. I just want to join Pastor Stephen in urging you to go ahead and sign up for the Following Jesus devotions at celebrationchurch.org slash followingjesus. It's a great way to start your year, the year of becoming everything God's called you to be so you can do everything God's called you to do. And we want to learn more about that today from the Bible, from the Word of God. So I want you to take your Bible or your Bible app and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew and the third chapter. The Gospel of Matthew and the third chapter. You know, people generally make resolutions at the beginning of every year. They resolve to lose weight, to get out of debt, to strengthen their relationships, to draw closer to the Lord and many other things. Let me ask you, what would you like to see the Lord do in and through your life, for your life in 2022? For example, how many of you would like to, would you like to see some things happen in your life physically? You'd like to become healthier. In fact, you'd like to become so healthy physically that you would actually look forward to bathing suit season in the summer, or you would, uh, you'd get so healthy that you'd have a six pack rather than a keg around your body. Or how many of you like to become healthier financially? You'd like to get out of debt or, or establish and live by a budget or, or, or make enough money, have enough financial freedom that you can go where you want to go and do what you want to do. How many of you like to experience uh, more vocational success in 2022? Uh, maybe you'd like to do better with the job that you have, that you have or find a better job. Maybe even start your own business. What are some of your dreams and plans vocationally in 2022? Or how many of you would like to see some relational improvements take place in your life in 2022? You'd like for your family to become stronger, your marriage to become stronger, or maybe even meet Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright for your life. And then how many of you would like to become stronger spiritually in 2022? You'd like to get closer to the Lord than you've ever been before. You'd like to become so strong in the Lord that the devil's afraid of you instead of you being afraid of the devil. Now, I don't know what your aspirations are for 2022, but here's what I want you to know. If we will learn the lessons that we're going to learn today from the story of John the Baptizer, Jesus' cousins, it will enable all of us to live healthier, holier, and happier lives in 2022. You follow along as I read Matthew chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. The Bible says, in those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness, and he began preaching. And his message was, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, believe it or not, he ate locust and honey. And people from Jerusalem and from all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. And we're going to discover later on this chapter, John even had the privilege of baptizing Jesus Christ, God's Son, our Savior, right there in the Jordan River. 
We all have unusual characters in our lives. I'm sure you probably have some unusual characters in your life. You may have a few angry aunts or ugly uncles. and I'm sure you probably have at least one crazy cousin in your life. Well, John was a cousin of Jesus. He wasn't crazy, but he was certainly quite different than the rest of the population around him. One of the reasons he was different is because John was radically committed to knowing Jehovah God and radically committed to living for Jehovah God. And he was different as well in his mannerisms, his ministry, and the message, message he proclaimed to the people of his day. In his adult years, John lived in the Judean wilderness. He was probably associated with the sect called the Essenes. The Essenes were very devout people, a group of people who lived apart from society so they could focus on study in God's word and, and living for the Lord in radical ways. And many of the Essenes lived in the wilderness region surrounding the Dead Sea, one of the most desolate places in all of the world. In fact, it was in that region, in one of those caves. I've been there myself to see it for myself. That's where they found the Dead Sea Scrolls there among the what had been an Essene community. John the Baptist lived there among those groups of people. He inhabited that region, and he also had an unusual way of dressing and some unusual mannerisms. We're told that he wore a garment of camel's hair, which I can assure you was nothing like the camel's hair sport coats that they used to sell in department stores. And John, living in that desolate wilderness, I'm sure his hair was quite scraggly. He hadn't been to a barbershop in a long time. His beard was probably long. I mean, he probably looked like a crazy individual when you first saw him from afar. At the time of our scripture passage, John had been living in that wilderness for some time. And I can assure you, he had no idea of the latest styles or fashions of his day. He also discovered that his diet was unusual as well. We're told that he ate locust and honey. Uh, that was what he ate for his meals. Now, people can eat some amazing things. Here in New Orleans, people are astounded by the fact that we eat crawfish, which are little mud bugs, at, and that we not only eat crawfish, we eat alligator tail, and we eat turtle soup and other such uh, delicacies here in New Orleans. They, they even eat raw oysters in New Orleans. Uh, I, I, I'm, I can eat chocolate oysters, but I can't even get past the side of seeing raw oysters. But lots of people eat strange things here in our region as well as across the world. John ate locusts and honey. And here's what I've discovered. If people can eat raw oysters and chocolate-covered ants and rattlesnake meat and nutrient meat or suck the juice out of, of crawfish heads, I guess it's not unusual that John the baptizer ate locust and honey. He also had a new, unique message. He preached a message about repentance, telling people to turn to God because the kingdom of heaven was at hand. And John had a unique ministry. He would baptize people by immersion after they had repented of their sins and turned to Jehovah God in their life. Here's what I'm saying. John the Baptizer was known for his unique message, mannerisms, and ministry. But more than that, John the Baptist or Baptizer was known because he made a difference for good and for God in the first century world of his day. In fact, later on, Jesus would say about John the Baptizer in Matthew 11, 11, he would say, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. So here's the question I want us to address today as we study this passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 3. What can we learn from the message and ministry of John the baptizer that will help us to make a difference for good and for God in 2022? Four things I want you to take note of today and perhaps even write down. To begin with, we'll be difference makers in 2022 if we're focused on living a committed life. I'm talking about living a committed life for the Lord. Now, John not only had some unique mannerisms, but a unique message and a unique ministry, but he was a man who was committed to live in a godly life, to live in a life dedicated to the Lord. 
And because of that, he was also a confronter of ungodliness or worldliness in his day and time. Particularly when that ungodliness or worldliness was found in the lives of the Pharisees and Sadducees who were the Jewish religious leaders of that day. The Pharisees were the right-wing, uh, radical, legalistic Jewish leaders. And, and the Sadducees were the liberal, left-wing uh, left, uh, uh, Jewish leaders of that day. Look at what John said to them one day when they came to see him baptizing people. The Bible says in Matthew 3, 7, 8, when John saw how many Pharisees and Sadducees were coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. Yeah, that's a strong word. He denounced them. He said, you brood of snakes, he exclaimed, prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Now, here's what John was saying, those Pharisees and Sadducees, and here's what we need to take note of as we begin 2022. Lots of people profess to be followers of God, but the way that they live disproves their claims. Let me say that again. Lots of people profess to be followers of God like the Pharisees and Sadducees did, but the way they live disproves their claims. Have you ever met people like that? People who claim to be followers of God, followers of Jesus Christ, but the way that they talked and the way that they lived has circumvented their claim. Have you ever been like that in your life? Listen, if we're going to experience all God wants us to experience in 2022 and accomplish all he wants us to accomplish, we've got to become committed to living a committed life for the Lord. So what does it take to live a committed life for the Lord? John answers that question in the passage of Scripture we're studying. First of all, to begin uh, to live in a committed life requires repenting of our sins. Repenting of our sins. Now, the Bible says we're all sinners by nature and by choice. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. And the person beside you in your home or office, wherever you're watching this service, they're probably even a bigger sinner than you are. Uh, just like the people of the first century in John and Jesus' day, human beings have, for the most part, in our day, chosen to live by their way, their will, their wishes, rather than by God's way, God's will, and God's wishes which means we've all struggled with sin at times in our lives. Have you ever struggled with sin at times in your life? Sure you have. I have again. All of us have as well. So here's the question I want us to ask ourselves. What bad emotions, desires, or habits have I allowed to linger in my life? Sometimes we give way to negative emotions in our lives. Emotions like anger, bitterness, or critical spirit, or depression, or envy, or fear, or frustration, or rebelliousness, or self-centeredness, or worry, or other negative emotions. Uh, Sometimes we allow ungodly desires, desires for things, or pleasures, or people that we shouldn't have in our lives. We allow those desires for ungodly desires to hinder our walk with the Lord, and to hinder our lives. Sometimes we allow bad habits, like addictions, or even stuff like procrastination or perfectionism to hinder our walk with the Lord and our lives. Whatever those bad emotions, desires, or habits may be, you you need to deal with them if you're going to become all that God wants you to be and do all that God wants you to do. If you're going to live like he wants you to live and accomplish what he wants you to accomplish in 2022. And to deal with those bad emotions, desires, or habits, we have to come to the place where we're willing to acknowledge our sins and then repent of our sins. So what does it mean to repent of our sins? Repentance is not just feeling sorry for our sins or our sinful ways. It's not even doing penance to atone for our sins. The word repentance in the Greek language is the word metanoia, which means to turn from our way to God's way. It's like a group of soldiers who are marching across the parade ground, and all of a sudden the the sergeant says to the rear march, they turn and go in the opposite direction. That's what the word repentance means. To repent means to turn from our way of thinking and our way of living to embrace God's way of thinking and God's way of living. 
And the Bible says over and over that we regularly need to, we need to examine our lives. That there's things in our lives, attitudes, ambitions, and actions and relationships that aren't pleasing to God. We need to repent. We need to turn from those things. And then we need to turn to God in our lives. Paul said, I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. So living a committed life requires repenting of our sins. But also living a committed life requires turning to our God. And that's what John said to the Pharisees and Sadducees. He said, prove by the way that you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Now, if repent means to turn from our way and our sin, what does it mean to turn to God? When a person turns to God, it means they're putting their faith in the Lord and they're committing themselves to loving him and living for him. Let me ask you, have you put your faith in the Lord? And have you committed yourself to trusting him with your life? And by the way, with the decisions of your life. And are you committed to loving the Lord more than anything else or anyone else in your life? Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Do you love the Lord like that in every way in your life? Listen, if not, you need to take some steps to draw closer to the Lord to turn to God and to deepen your love for him. Do you need to begin 2022 by reading the following Jesus devotions and praying daily? Do you need to break away from some ungodly habits or ungodly relationships in your life? Do you need to commit yourself to being more and more faithful and attending church services, either in person or online? Do you need to get involved in serving God in some kind of way in your church or in the community around you? Do you need to take the step of baptism? In fact, John was challenging people of that day who were very religious to take that step. He said in Matthew 3.11, to I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and and turn to God. And John's words and actions remind us that people who really repent of their sins and turn to the Lord in their lives will want to be baptized by immersion, illustrating the Lord's cleansing work in their lives. The bottom line is this. We all need to take steps today that will help us to draw closer to the Lord. You know, when I first started dating my wife, Vicki, I had a car that had a full seat up front. They weren't bucket seats in those days. They were full seats. And, and we, we, we'd go in that car, and, and she would sit right beside me, and I'd put my arm around her. And if you ever had to stop for a traffic light, I'd get a chance to give her a kiss. Uh, but then we had kids, and we still had a full seat in the front seat of the car. But something happened. She started sitting way over by the passenger door while I was behind the steering wheel. And one time she looked at me, and she said, why don't we sit close like we used to do when we first were in love? And I said to her, I'm not the one who moved. Listen, if you don't feel close to the Lord today, he's not the one who moved. And you need to take some steps that will help you to draw close to the Lord so you can live a committed life, so you can be everything God's called you to be and do everything God's called you to do in 2022. We'll be difference makers in 2022 if we're focused like John on living a committed life. We will also be difference makers in 2022 if we're focused on pointing people to Jesus. Now, let me take you back into our text, Matthew 3.11. John the baptizer said, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater than I'm not worthy even to be his slave and to carry his sandals. Now, think about those words. At this time of his life, John is the man. He's the spiritual leader and spiritual guru in the land of Israel. He's in the spotlight. He's getting all the attention. He's a man of faith and power for the hour. But John is truly a spiritual man. 
who understands God's calling upon his life. So he tells the crowds of people, don't look at me. Don't look to me. Someone is coming who is far greater than I am. I'm not even worthy to be a slave or carry his sandals. And he began pointing people to Jesus. Now, I want to say that's humility. That's humility. This sermon is not about humility, but humility, the Bible says, is one of the fruit of the Spirit. It's one of the evidences that somebody is being led by God's Spirit and empowered by God's Spirit. If you know of someone who's prideful and self-centered, they're not like John the Baptist and they're not like Jesus. And you need to make sure that you're wrestling down pride in your life as well. The Bible says that God resists the proud. He stiff arms the proud. He, he holds back the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And we've discovered at Celebration Church that when pe- people pursue humility, uh, realizing how much they need the Lord and how much they need the others in, their li- others in their lives, they are able then to live healthier and happier and holier lives. That's why we tell people, if you're humble, you won't stumble in your life. Now, let's get back to what John the baptizer was saying and what he was doing. His words remind us that Christians should make a difference are those who care more about people loving and praising Jesus than they care about people loving and praising them. Now, here's a question I want to address. Why do we need to point people to Jesus? Why is it important that we, like John, point people to Jesus, direct people to Jesus? Let me give you several answers to that question. First of all, we need to point people to Jesus because he can elevate people's lives like no one else can do. In fact, John the, baptizer, John the baptizer referenced that in John chapter 3. He said, Jesus has come from above and is greater than anyone else. He speaks God's word, for God gives him the spirit without limit. Man, that's a declaration right there. And then he said, the father loves his son and has put everything into his hands. Now think about that phrase. The father loves his son and has put everything into his hands. That means everything we need in our lives is found in the hands of Jesus is found in the power and provision of Jesus. Now think about this. When Jesus comes into a person's life, he has the capacity to bring direction and freedom and healing and peace and strength and provision to their lives. How do I know that? I know that from personal experience, but I also know that from the words of Jesus. Do you ever need direction in your life? Listen to what Jesus said in John 8, 12. He said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to light. Do you ever need freedom or victory in your life over the struggles and strongholds of your life? Jesus said in John 8, 36, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Do you ever need healing in your life? In John chapter 9, we read the story of a man born blind who was healed by Jesus. His healing mystified the religious leaders of his day. Uh, and so that John the baptizer had been challenging. Those religious leaders came to the blind man, and they asked, who healed you? What happened? And the formerly blind men told them, the man they call Jesus. I'm telling you, if you need healing today, Jesus is the one who can heal you. I'm not saying that you should not visit doctors or take medication or undergo any surgery that's prescribed for you. But here's what I'm saying. Jesus is still the great physician and Jesus is still in the healing business. Do you ever need peace in your mind and life? You know, sometimes we allow problems or problem people or, or other things to rob us of peace in, my, in our mind and lives. But we don't have to do that. If Jesus is the Savior and Lord of our lives, here's why Jesus said in John 14, 27, I am leaving you with a gift Peace of mind and peace of heart. You know, one of the things I try to do during the holiday season is try to avoid the shopping malls. 
But every so often, I'll go to the big mall that we have in our area here in the New Orleans region. It's called the Lakeside Mall. And you know, in the Lakeside Mall, you can find anything and everything your heart desires. They have closed stores, and they have restaurants, and, and, and they have coffee shops, and, and they have uh, hat stores and shoe stores and all kinds of things in the Lakeside Mall. Anything you want, you can find in the Lakeside Mall. You can find jewelry, all kinds of other things. But there's one thing you can't find in the Lakeside Mall. You can't find peace. You can't find or buy peace. But when you belong to Jesus Christ, who is the Prince of Peace, you can have peace and joy in your heart and life every day of your life, every week of your life, every month of your life, every year of your life. Here's what I need. So here's the thing. We need to turn to Jesus in our lives. But we need to point people to Jesus so that they can have the blessing and peace and provision and purposes and power of Jesus in their lives as well. We need to talk to them about Jesus and share the Lord with them. We also need to point people to Jesus because he can give them eternal life. Now, we all want to experience the very best of life in this life. I don't know anybody who really wants to live a miserable or meaningless life. And if we'll focus on loving the Lord and living for him, uh, we will experience more joy, peace, and purpose in our lives here in this life. But we also need to remember this life only lasts for a brief time. So we have to help people acquire eternal life. And that eternal life only comes through Jesus Christ. That also was a part of John's message to the people of his day. In John chapter 3, verses 35 and 36, John the baptizer said, Anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. So what does it mean to have eternal life? Having eternal life means that when we leave this life, we will spend the rest of eternity in heaven worshiping the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward one day to going to heaven. Heaven is the most beautiful place that the mind of God can conceive of and the most wonderful place that the hand of God can create. It's a place where all the troubles of life have gone forevermore. It's a new kind of place. No more sickness, sorrow, sadness, sinister people, all those kind of things. I'm telling you, when we get to heaven, we're going to wonder, why couldn't I get here sooner? One time a man wrote to his friend and said, someday soon that you're going you're to hear that I've died. Don't you believe it? At that moment, I'll be in heaven And I'll be more alive than I've ever been in all of my life. So here's the bottom line. We should want everybody we know to get to know Jesus so he can give them a better life in this life. But we should want everybody we know to get to know Jesus so they can spend eternity with him and with us in heaven. So how do we point people to Jesus in 2022? We can do that by living a godly life. If we don't live a godly life, they're not going to want to know the God of our life. We can do that by ministering to them, by encouraging them and praying for them and helping them when we can. Uh, We can help people uh, point people to Jesus by sharing our faith and our faith story with them and inviting them to life groups and worship services and all kinds of things. But whatever steps we got to take, we need to focus on pointing people to Jesus. We'll be difference makers in 2022. If we're focused on living a committed life, if we're focused on pointing people to Jesus, but we also be difference makers in 2022 if we're focused on surrendering to God's spirit. Let's go back to the words and ministry of John the baptizer. In Matthew chapter three, verse 11, John said, Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, I don't have a lot of time to talk about the subject today, but I do want to remind you that the Holy Spirit It comes into our lives at the moment of salvation, and he's the one who equips us and empowers us to be who God's called us to be and to do all that God's called us to do. And the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit, for example, provides direction for our lives. Jesus said when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all 
truth. In other words, the Holy Spirit speaks to us in our mind and heart. Sort of like our GPS does on our phone or in our car. He gives us direction. He tells us which turns to take, which decisions to make that will help lead us in the right way and that will help keep us out of trouble in our lives. One of the things my wife and I typically do at the end of the year is we plan out what trips we're going to take in the coming year. Several years ago, at the end of one year, we decided, we decided to take a trip the next fall up into the New England, Canada area. We decided to take a cruise. And Vicki and I visited a lot of beautiful places on that cruise in New England and all the way up into Canada, all the way to Montreal. When we were in Halifax, Nova Scotia, we, for the second time, we visited the Maritime Museum there, and we learned there had been lots of shipwrecks around Halifax, but uh, there's a place called Sable Island not far from Halifax that had, had over 350 shipwrecks, known shipwrecks in its history. Ships had gone down at Sable Island, so many ships, because there were so many fish there that they would be, fishermen would be chasing the fish, and they would be on the rocks before they knew it. There was also dense fog that would sometimes cover Sable Island, and, and, and people would run aground uh, or not knowing that the island was there. But since 1947, there have been no shipwrecks at Sable Island. Why is that? Because since 1947, ships have been using radar, a signal that guides them and provides direction for them to keep them out of trouble in their life. Do you know why some of you keep having shipwrecks in your life and in the relationships of your life? It's because your Holy Spirit radar is not turned on. You're not listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and following his direction for your life. That's foolish because God has given us the Holy Spirit to provide the direction we need in every area of our lives. Also, the Holy Spirit provides transformation to our lives. Paul wrote these words in Galatians 5. He wrote, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. In fact, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let me ask you, how many of you are more loving than you were before you became a follower of Jesus Christ? How many of you have more peace in your life? And you did before you became a follower of Jesus Christ. How many of you have more joy, more patience in your life? How many of you are kinder to others since you became a follower of Jesus Christ? You ought to have experienced an increase in those valuable qualities in your life since you became a follower of Jesus Christ. But really, you can't take much credit for that. Sometimes we'll look at the improvements that are taking place in our life. We think, I'm doing pretty good, but it's not us. It's, it's the Holy Spirit who's bringing about those changes in our attitudes, our ambitions, and in the actions of our lives. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the one who makes us more and more like Jesus. So in 2022, if we're going to become everything God's called us to be and do everything God's called us to do and experience his best in our lives, we got to learn how to follow the direction of the Holy Spirit and allow, surrender to him so he can continue transforming our attitudes, our ambitions, our actions, and the direction of our lives. And then here's the fourth thing today. We'll be difference makers in 2022 if we're focused on pursuing our calling. Let me go back to the beginning verses of today's text. Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. The Bible says, John the Baptist began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God. For the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. Now, I'm not sure how obvious it was to John the baptizer or to the people around him. But it's obvious to us as we read the scriptures in our day and time that John had a special calling from the Lord. 
He was called to be a forerunner for the Messiah, to prepare the way for the Son of God as he began his earthly ministry and to impact the world in new and powerful ways. And here's what I'm saying to you. I believe the Lord is calling each of us, has a calling on each of our lives. It's not going to be the same calling that John the baptizer had. Thank God we won't have to do what he did and wear the same clothes that he wore or eat the same food that he ate. But we have a calling upon our lives. And as we begin to find and fulfill God's calling, we will live stronger lives. And like John, we'll make a greater difference for good and for God in the world around us. Let me just say a few general things about the calling every follower of Jesus Christ has. Begin with God has called us to fulfill a mission in the world. And that mission was found in the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 28, right before his ascension, where Jesus said, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Here's what that means. It means, it means God, Jesus has called us to, to make disciples. That's our mission on the planet. It means we're to be investing in other people's lives, helping them to come to know the Lord, and then helping them to also grow in their relationship with the Lord. Our calling from Jesus is to be involved in disciple making. You might ask, well, who has the Lord called me to disciple in 2022? Well, if you're a parent, your, your first answer ought to be your children. Or if you're a grandparent, it ought to be your children and your grandparent. But we have others in our lives as well. Friends and relatives and co-workers and schoolmates and neighbors and others. We're to be befriending them and connecting with them and investing in them and sharing with them what we've learned ourselves from the Lord. We disciple others by spending time with them, by modeling Christianity to them, and by sharing with them what we've learned from the Word of God and from the Spirit of God, and by training them to become strong followers of Jesus himself. God's called every one of us to be on mission making disciples. But he's also called us to get involved in a ministry. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, God has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can all do the good things he planned for us to do long ago. And John the baptizer had discovered what God had planned for him to do. The Lord wanted him to be preaching about the kingdom of God, calling people to repentance and baptizing those who had dedicated their lives to Jehovah God. You and I don't have the same calling that John had, but there are lots of places in our church and lots of places in our community that we can be involved in serving God with our time and our talents and our abilities. I want to challenge you as we begin this new year, start fulfilling your mission and get involved in ministry. And as you do, you will find God lifting you to a new level and making 2022 one of your best years ever. In spite of all the challenges we have faced, in spite of all the challenges we are facing, 2022 can be one of our best years ever. If we will do what John the baptizer did, if we will rise up, and fulfill our mission, and get involved in ministry, and serve God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, the focus of this message has been about John the baptizer and how he carried out his mission and his ministry in our day, but then it turns to Jesus. And the Bible says in Matthew 3, verse 13, Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John, but John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. And so John agreed to baptize him. Now, we can understand why John tried to talk Jesus out of, out of him baptizing Jesus. He felt unworthy to do so, knowing that Jesus was the Son of God and the Savior of the world. I, I can understand that somewhat. 
Back in 2006, our city hosted a, uh, hosted a crusade with Billy Graham and Franklin Graham. And on the night that Billy Graham was to preach, he was in a wheelchair back in those days. Uh, I was in the back room with him with some other pastors, and we were going to pray. And Billy Graham, a great evangelist who impacted the world for Christ, asked me to pray for him. Now, I hesitated for a moment. I didn't feel worthy of doing so. I wanted to say, like John the Baptizer, you need to be praying for me. But I mustered up the courage and prayed for him. And John mustered up the courage and baptized Jesus. Why did Jesus get baptized by John the Baptist? Not because he was a sinner. But he was identifying with John the Baptizer's ministry. He was affirming that ministry. He was illuminating what happens when a person comes to God. When a person is baptized by immersion, uh, the place, when they're placed beneath the water, it symbolizes they're dying to the old way of life. When they're raised out of the water, it symbolizes they've been raised to a new way of life. He was illustrating that he had come to die for humankind's sin and salvation. Have you been baptized by immersion? Baptizing by, baptism by immersion indicates we are determined to be a follower of Jesus. It, turn, it means that we have, we have believed that God has forgiven us of our sins and that we want others to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is the Savior and Lord of our lives. And listen, we want you to take that step of baptism, if you've never done so, baptism by immersion, as you begin this new year. Now, you may live in another country. You may live in another continent. But if you will communicate back with us, Pastor Stephen will tell you how. If you'll communicate back with us, we will give you some steps to help you take the step of baptism and to celebrate with you uh, what Jesus Christ has done and continues to do in and for and through your life. I'm going to close with these verses, Matthew 3, 16 and 17. The Bible says, after his baptism, as Jesus came out of the water, the heavens were open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly beloved son who brings me great joy. It was obvious that Jesus' baptism, that the heavenly father really loved his son. And by the way, the heavenly father loves you as well. Many people find it difficult to believe that God loves him. As a result of the adversity they've experienced in their lives, as a result of the mistakes they've made in their lives, as a result of the messes they've created in their lives. Some people find it hard to believe that God loves them. I was just with my grandsons, my youngest grandsons, and, and one has just kind of started, kind of started liking girls. It reminds me of the story of where some eight-year-old boys were looking at the prettiest girl in their class. You know, eight-year-old boys are not supposed to like girls. And, but one of the boys said, when hey, he pointed out the most beautiful girl in the class, he said, when, when I stop hating girls, that's the first girl I'm going to stop hating. I want you to know there's never been a time in your life when God hated you, when he disliked you, when he didn't love you, when he didn't want you. In spite of your flaws, imperfections, he's always loved you with a never-ending kind of love. He's loved you. But he also wants you, like Jesus, to bring him joy. And here's how you do that. When we take the steps we've learned about today, being baptized, living a committed life, pointing people to Jesus, surrendering to God's spirit, and fulfilling our calling. That's when we will bring joy to our Heavenly Father and joy to others. And that's when we'll make a great difference for good and for God in the world around us in 2022. Now, I want you to bow your head with me right now. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I want to ask you, what steps do you need to take today to draw closer to the Lord and to bring the Lord joy as you begin 2022? Do you need to take the step of baptism by immersion? Again, if you'll communicate back with us, we'll give you some steps on how to do that. Do you need to start 
reading those following Jesus devotions or listening to those following Jesus devotions? Did you get involved in discipling somebody around you in your life, sharing with them what you've learned from the Word of God and from the Spirit of God? Do you need to get involved in a ministry, serving God, serving your church, or serving your community in some way with your time, talents, and ability? What steps do you need to take to draw closer to the Lord so you can bring great joy to the Lord in 2022 and so you can be- begin living a healthier, holier, and happier life? One thing somebody may need to do is to receive Jesus as the Savior and Lord of your life. If you've never done that, if you need to commit your life to the Lord, or if you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, I want you to pray with me right now. Just bow your head and close your eyes and pray these words. Pray, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God and the Savior of the world. And I want to be committed to living for you like John the Baptizer lived for you in his day and time. I want to be committed to appointing people to you. I want to be committed to living by the power of your spirit and finding and fulfilling my calling here on planet Earth. I want to love you and live for you and serve you. And I want you to change my life so I can bring change to other people's lives in the years ahead. So today, I commit my life to you and ask you to do great and mighty things in and for and through my life in 2022. Greater things than I've ever experienced. Greater things than I've ever envisioned. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. If you were encouraged by today's message, make sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Again, thanks for listening to the Celebration Church Podcast.